Hell, it's about time. Welcome back to Player Accounts. I'm Spencer Tordoff. There are a few stories I have lined up for the show, a few people that I need to talk to, but they need a little more time, so they have to stay on the back burner for now. Just so I don't fall entirely out of practice, I've been working on another self-indulgent little story, the same kind of tale I told when I started this show back in 2013. In that first episode, I reflected on one of the more obscure practices in video games, the LAN party. This time, I'll be talking about the machines those devotees lug to the event, the ships of the digital line, you might say, and my experiences with them. Let's talk about personal computers. Back in high school, I recorded video of my friends at our regular LAN parties and conducted a few interviews. I produced a montage and one informal documentary. Eventually, I wanted to do a longer, really in-depth program, and I recorded hours of footage to that end. I never completed the final piece, but I held on to the files, a sort of albatross mixed with a time capsule. The material for that final documentary was amateurish, of course. The camera pans wildly depending on who was behind the lens. The audio is a muddied mess full of loud noises and blaring music. The sounds of DDR or tower defense or Alien vs. Predator. I struggle to view it today, especially the footage of a much more self-serious version of myself. Turn it off. Please. But tucked away in that mess of memories is a question I asked just about everybody I interviewed. What is your box? What's your box? What's your box? Do you have a box? And if so, what, what, it's, what is it named and why do you like it or hate it? It's crudely phrased, of course, what's your box? But rather than rattling off a list of specifications, the responses it got were genuine and widely varied. Some loved their machines. Uh, now my box is named Hypatia. I'm liking it as of right now because after the reformat, things are very clean, they're very elegant. I like my computer because it generally does what I want it to, even though I haven't installed any games that stiff mania on it. My current box, the one that I'm happy with, that is excellent, is called Legion, for we are many. Some hated them. My box is how, and I hate it because it's old-fashioned. And by old-fashioned, I mean a piece of crap. Yes, I have a computer. It's not really named because I never really thought of naming it, and it stinks. <laughs> Some even provided explanations for not having a PC of their own. I don't have a box because I'm lazy and I have no money with which to buy a box. I liked that question. I think it's one of the only good pieces of work I did on all that footage taken so long ago. Since it worked so well back then, I'm going to answer my own question some 15 years later. Let me tell you all about Bistro Math. Hold tight, please. Bistro Math is my current desktop PC, so named for Slarty Bartfast's insanely fast, deeply confusing spaceship from the Hitchhiker's Guide series. I was on a bit of a Hitchhiker's Guide kick when I named her. But despite the name, Bistro Math is far from someone else's problem. Of course, and it had to look like... Yes, I know what it looks like. I won this computer in a sweepstakes, the kind of thing that, generally, I feed my email address to, fantasize about briefly, and immediately forget. The message informing me that I won was so plain and straightforward, I briefly considered that it was a scam or some kind of trick. 
the parts in the machine were so insane, the style of case so simultaneously high-end and flashy, this kind of machine only existed in theory, in the hands of people with more money than sense, and I was told in no uncertain terms that I was now the owner of one. Though new generations of hardware have been released in the months since I received her, BistroMath is still a ridiculously capable system. To indulge the tech heads out there, as my friends never did, she has a water-cooled Intel i7-8700K processor, an NVIDIA Titan XP GPU, an assortment of solid-state and spinning storage devices, and a selection of glaring, multicolored lights strobing insistently behind tempered glass. Nice mover. Shame about the decal. As fancy a machine as she is, I don't want to come across like I'm bragging. Bistromath is, as far as I'm concerned, grotesque. This pillar of glass and steel is not a computer I would ever build for myself. In fact, there's almost no parts in this PC that I'd have given a moment's thought, much less purchased. And that's for one simple reason. Bistromath is the first of my desktops that I didn't build since... well, ever. There was a time before I had a personal computer, of course. My family owned an old DOS system, an 8088, well into the mid-90s. It was arcane and mysterious, made loud whirring and cranking noises, read its software from five and a quarter inch floppies, until it was retrofitted with a hard drive, and occasionally it let loose a bleep in the course of playing Arctic Adventure or Space Invaders. But in 1996, my family took the leap into the Windows era when we upgraded to an expensive, excessive Gateway 2000. It arrived in our home in several massive boxes covered in black and white Holstein spots, and came with all the trimmings. A 19-inch monitor, stereo speakers, color printer, and a selection of bundled games. My brother and I took to the computer instantly, delighting in the visuals of mist and assorted educational games on the massive, vivid screen. But our parents resented it. It didn't work properly at first, a sore spot considering the huge amount of money it had cost. And they struggled with everything from setting up the printer to transferring files from our older systems. Worse yet, there was the fact they had to share it with me. When adults got a computer for the first time, there was a degree of concern about, we don't want to mess it up, we don't want to break it, we don't want to change it, we don't know how to get back to the beginning, we just want to use it gently. This is my mom, Kathy Harms. And you kids didn't have any caution. You kids dove in and as many things as you could try and change. And the first time we watched you hold a mouse and start doing things, it was a little bit disconcerting because we couldn't even focus on the screen before you were off to the next thing. And it was like this whirling dervish of screen change, screen change, mouse. We just couldn't even follow it. And we kind of looked at each other wondering, is this random or is he doing something here? Because we couldn't follow what you were up to. Nothing was more frustrating than to go down to a computer ready to work on a work-related project. The color scheme is all different. The desktop looks tremendously different. There are no files there that I recognized. They were all in segmented parts of the hard drive that I couldn't find. Nothing was there. I was furious. And finally, I got across the point to you. I don't care what you do on this computer, but you remember what it was when you got there and you make it look like that again. And you don't make any changes without asking permission. But in a family always trying to make lemons out of lemonade, Dad saw this as an opportunity to cultivate one of my interests into a trade skill. 
we realized, we had some long discussions, we realized we are not going to stop this love. What we have to do is focus it. He came home with the idea of, uh, what do you think if we allow Spence to build a computer? And of course, I was such a noob. I was like, well, how do you do that? I don't um, even see how it's possible. I am shocked that you just <laughs> used that word. What? <laughs> like, such a noob. I was oh. not expecting that. <laughs> well, delightful. what do you do? I mean, how do you build a computer? It comes in a plastic box. How, I had never seen the insides of a computer. I certainly didn't know that the parts were removable. And he approached you with the idea, and the whole concept was guiding you towards productive use by giving you more background, more understanding. Um, it wasn't possible to give you less fear. He hired his office intern to help me spec and build my first PC. It was exciting. We shopped for the parts online, picked them up locally, and assembled them over the course of a weekend. The result was glorious. Fast and loud and unapologetically beige. It was the first computer I didn't have to share with anybody. I named it Dragoon. I had enjoyed my time with our household computers, but Dragoon was the first one I really got attached to. When his power supply blew out a couple weeks after construction, I was distraught. When warranty replacements got him back online, I was elated. Over the following years, I overclocked, upgraded, and modified that little machine. Moved him from case to case to case, and even renamed him a couple times. He accompanied me to sleepovers and later to LAN parties. Dragoon was, for the link that I had him, my familiar and my lightsaber, all rolled into one. He was only the first, though the vanguard in a long string of self-built desktops with names like Phoenix, Talon, Talaya, and Strybog. Each was planned, ordered, constructed, and named by yours truly. I knew those PCs, their problems, their quirks, where they excelled, and what I would do differently next time around. Beastromath, by contrast, just arrived, set up and theoretically ready to go. That's the route most people take when they get a computer, but I found myself off-put by the experience. Without knowing the way she was built and set up, I had no idea what to expect. I ended up troubleshooting one issue directly out of the box, well before any software was installed. The slightest hiccup or quirk, things that I'd know to expect on a PC I built myself, were jarring and disheartening on Beastromath. Though I'd launch into troubleshooting steps not long after, I found my first feeling on each bug was one of confusion. What's it doing now? Tech support questions, in my experience, often run along those lines. I found myself a lot more sympathetic to my parents after working on Beastro Math. As I was writing this, I wanted to offer some thoughts about the state of PC hardware, as an explanation that it's a good time to dip one's toes into the hobby. Objectively, it is. My early experiences with computers were the result of quite a lot of privilege. Expensive purchases made in an era when PCs went obsolete very quickly. In recent years, though, performance gains have stagnated. A computer from 2012 is slower than one from 2019, but not by enough to notice in a lot of tasks. That means it's a hobby in reach of more people than ever. With a retired office machine and a couple of parts, one can begin tinkering and tweaking for around the price of a video game console or an inexpensive smartphone. But that doesn't address something far more important. Should you? Sure, it had an impact on me, but what's different, what's special, about building or modifying a PC? Honestly, I don't know that there's anything that I can write 
that's more persuasive than this. It's really nice to know kind of what every piece does and how it goes together. And I think it gives me a better sense of when something goes wrong, what to look at. And not to kind of just think of a computer as one generalized unit. I mean, it is, but like, it's also a, like a lot of a pieces that come together to make this one great thing. This is my friend, Sandra Graham. Though she's been surrounded by computers for much of her life and is an avid fan of video games and PC games in specific, she had never built her own computer until a few months ago. It was a big step. So she did extensive research and she spent a lot of time selecting parts and reading up on how to assemble it. I think it's a little weird because this is the first time I've ever built one. And there's tons of things I used my whole life and never built. Like I never, never built a car. I never will build a car. Maybe I would get the same experience out of building a car though. But like who can build it their own car? Ultimately, she wanted a computer that said something about herself. I think for me, like, the love is in the details, you know, like, what special details do I want to make this computer different than any other computer that got built for me or that got given to me, you know, because everything I've inherited has been, you know, somebody else's, like, it may have stickers on the side that they had on it, and I think it says something about them. I think we can kind of underrate style sometimes, that it's not cool to just to do something well, but to do it well with style, so... I feels like when someone will see my case, it'll like say something about who I am. Maybe just that I like colorful lights. Do you feel prepared? Um, I've watched some videos, so I feel a little prepared. But and I like watch other people build computers. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty nervous actually. I'm afraid I'm gonna like break something. I'm like just nervous unscrewing the back of this case, which I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna mess up. It wasn't easy. Honestly, it was one of the most pins and needles PC builds I've been around for. I'm not turning this Oh gosh. <laughs> but she took her time, sought out help when it was needed, and got everything assembled in a tidy white box she named Progenitus. Progenitus is named for a multicolored magic card, but its namesake, its multicolored lights, weren't working after its first assembly. The next day, I flipped the recorder back on while Sandra did some troubleshooting. Please align the edge with the white arrow on the extension cable to the edge with the black line on the LED strip. So like, the arrow's here with the black line is down there, but I can't turn it. You could flip it over. Flip it upside down, yeah. Suddenly. Oh my god! Jackpot. <laughs> oh my god, it just happened. It was not upside down. <laughs> okay, so this is actually the coolest part. I fixed this myself. I didn't call anybody. I didn't, I didn't like call the company and be like, this is busted. I don't know what's going on. Your product sucks. And like probably everything comes with a manual. Like everything goes with a manual. And I can always figure it out with myself, but like putting it together made me feel more like agency with the machine. Like I feel more connected to every last piece. Like I put this all together. So literally anything goes wrong with it is my fault. And that means I can fix it, which is like a really great feeling. Yeah, and I was actually like really excited just to come home after work and just figure out why why this wasn't working. Okay, I actually unplugged it in my excitement. So I'm just gonna plug this back in again. podcast is just capturing it. I'm just like grinning at my computer. I'm just like smiling at it. 
I'm just, I just nothing to say. It's just, it just is cool. If you're willing to invest yourself in it, building a PC can be really special. But a lot of PC enthusiast media is effectively glorified advertising, speaking exclusively about the latest and greatest and over-the-top. There are exceptions, though, and I spoke to a pair of my favorite, more sentimental tech YouTubers about the topic. Ozzy, of OzTalks Hardware, and Tim, of Greenham Gaming, both make laid-back, down-to-earth videos about budget builds and older hardware, and each of them had thoughts to offer that jived with my own. And, of course, I couldn't help but ask about their own PCs. So I'm Ozzy from OzTalks Hardware, and I just have a YouTube channel that focuses on budget, hardware, and gaming technology. Hi, I'm uh, Tim. I uh, founded a channel a few years ago called Greenham Gaming. I'm running a Ryzen 7 1700 um, overclocked to like 3.8 or 3.9 gigahertz. I have, I believe, four to five terabytes of storage. I have to go back and count. Um, Some kind of SSD somewhere in there, a GTX 1050 Ti, and that's a whole story in its own right because I, I had a more powerful video card, but my current power supply is actually pretty bad. So I don't really trust that card inside of the system. So I have a 1050 Ti instead and I don't game all that much. So it's, it's perfectly fine the way it is. And then 16 gigs of DDR4 memory. And all of that is housed inside of a BitPhoenix Nova TG. When I built this computer, I would say, I think it's been about a year now. My previous computer's name was Helena. And then my second computer's name was Athena. This one I haven't necessarily named. So if you have any like good name suggestions, you can totally throw them out <laughs> because currently I, I don't, I, I really don't have anything. I indulged recently and I went for, uh, I, I just couldn't resist when the Ryzen series chips came out. That was the point I was gonna get a new computer. AMD had finally come back with something that was really, really gonna trump the competition in terms of its price to performance value. They were back. And uh, I, I invested heavily, and I got the the Ryzen Dell, um, which is a Ryzen 7 uh, 1700X machine uh, with a 1060, and it's my baby. I've put uh, 32 gigs of RAM in it, and it's now where I it's my it's my editing powerhouse. It's the it's the place I retire to every night to play games and and watch shows and yeah. I mean you know, you get so close with the PC, it's it's not funny. They really become your friends uh, in a way, and it's sad to say, but it, it's so true. You make a real home on these things. That's that's what I have, and I, I love it. I love every moment sitting at my computer. It's what I look forward to when I leave work every day. Building a computer is, I feel like it's it's more than just building a computer. I really do feel like you get so much out of the things that you learn, doing your own research, and really spending time picking and choosing the components that you have um for the games that you want to play and everything else and you're not even into gaming i mean it's you can benefit from building a pc um if you're an artist if you're just someone who makes music even it's like you can absolutely stand to benefit from just putting a few components together making making yourself something nice and guess what at the end of the day once you're done doing your work in premiere photoshop whatever it is you do hey boot up steam get a few games going you know 
it becomes like almost like a part of you if that if that makes any sense like it's it's almost like you're you're building a dog that's not gonna like you know chew up your homework and stuff and it will play games for you at really high settings so it's like make it your own like you you have everything in front of you like take your time don't rush into anything and just have fun with it that's the great thing about a pc you know once you're done once you've done the work you can just open up another program and and get back right into something else you know with with the ps4 you can't exactly open up photoshop and uh, get back to work for a lot of folks a computer is just a tool a device that fills a purpose it will often function sometimes won't and it will remain opaque throughout a black box with no particular investment or understanding. But it can be more. PCs aren't just devices, boxes full of old documents and photos unlikely to be looked at again. Think about the amount of time you've watched streaming shows on your computer, or listened to podcasts, maybe even this one. PCs are a portal into another world, and if you play games, you're steadfast ally once you arrive. That's just as true for a computer purchased online or picked up off the shelf of a local store, but building your own can elevate things to the next level. It took a few modifications, a couple storage devices added and fans switched out, but since I started on this episode, I've finally gotten comfortable with Beastromath. She's a powerful, sturdy PC, and have even grown to really enjoy the colored lights. I edited a lot of this episode on her, among so many other activities and things we've done. Given the current longevity of computer hardware, it's pretty likely that Bistromath will be my primary desktop for quite some time. And that's good. After all, there's new adventures ahead, and it's best to have a potent tool and faithful companion at your side. Thanks to Ozzy of Oztalks Hardware and Tim of Greenham Gaming for appearing on the program. Uh, The conversations with them were great, and honestly, I may just post the entire things. There's a lot that we didn't get to. Ozzy, in particular, has a video up about the renovations he made to his builds since we had our conversation. You should check that out at his channel, as well as Greenhand Gaming's latest. I'll have both of them linked in the show notes, and I hope we'll be able to work on something again in the future. The music you heard in this episode was by Lee Rosevere, Airtone, Robero, Monplacier, and Jotek. You'll find track listings and links to all of those artists' pages in the show notes. Special thanks to my mom for being willing to be interviewed about this, to Sandra Grant for letting me hover around and record and offer a little unsolicited advice as she built her first computer, and an extra special thanks to Degan, Davida, Ben, Matt, Sarah, and Donovan the high school friends you heard at the very start of the program. The house always wins. If you have feedback on the show or stories that you think would fit, please let me know at our website, playeraccounts.net, or by email. You can reach me at spencer at playeraccounts.net. Thanks for listening, and I hope to be back soon.